Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. When the red, red robin comes bum, bum, bumming along, along, there'll be no more sobbing when he starts robbing his home. Sweet song. Charlton smash sorry Shrewsbury for six. Where on earth did that come from? Welcome to Charlton Live. Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome to Cholton Live. I hope you guys are well. My name is Louis Mendez. On this week's show, we will be looking back at yesterday's quite remarkable 6 0 shellacking of Shrewsbury Town at the Valley. Joining me uh, to look back at that game, first up, the first lady of Cholton Live, Sue Gallup. How are you doing, Sue? I'm good. I'm, I'm even better for that yesterday. Yeah, it sort of came out of absolutely nowhere, that result, but it really was, uh, you know, one of those enjoyable uh, afternoons at the Valley that we've been lacking a little bit of times this season, but yesterday was certainly right up there. Also joining us, uh, a man who's had to make a mad dash to his pub this morning because he left his laptop there last night, Mr. Joe Puddyfoot. How are you doing, Joe? Oh, good. Thank you very much, Louis. Hi, Louis. Hi, Sue. Hi, Manny as well. Um, yeah, it's all, <laughs> it was It was nice yesterday, wasn't it? it? It sort of made you think that we were good and get you all excited for next season, so I'm looking forward to service being resumed soon, but I'm going to enjoy the high while it's here. 
Yeah, as uh, as Manny Egbo said on Twitter yesterday, no one defended like a dickhead, and that was uh, that was very much enjoyable. And uh, well, apart from maybe Shrewsbury, I guess you could argue, um, but yeah, an excellent result from the Addicts. So uh, we're going to hear the goals from that in a few moments' time. Uh, we're going to hear from the Addicts boss Dean Holden as well, and also we're going to hear from Terrell Thomas, which is good for Matthew, uh, who in the comments has said it was a brilliant uh, day yesterday. Excellent goals. Uh, we're good. Uh, most pleasing though, we worked hard from start to finish. And a special mention to Terrell Thomas, who's been in really good form uh, recently. So we're going to hear from Terrell uh, later on in the show. So welcome to everyone who's joining us live on YouTube uh, this morning on your Sunday morning as well. Uh, a few comments coming in as well. Get your questions in if you've got anything you want to ask uh, us or uh, want us to speak about on yesterday's performance. But Sue, I mean, just before we hear the goals, um, e- even about 25 minutes into yesterday's game, you wouldn't see that coming. But once we got going, we really got going, and, and Shrewsbury didn't come anywhere near stopping us. It was, an, it was an excellent performance in the end. Yeah, I think, like, when we was talking about last week's game, like, I think just in terms of how we were passing the ball around and stuff, it was it was, it was was nice football again, but it was just like, right, this is same old, same old. Are we going to do anything with it? And then, like you say, that, that, that first weldy free kick from from Scott and then that was it. It was like it was almost like Shrewsbury kind of went meh and we upped our game at a level and I just yeah, it was just like you say, you know, me having breakfast with you in the cafe yesterday, that was probably the last thing on our mind that we were gonna be like thumping <laughs> them six nil. But um yeah, it was just it was I think you trying even like when you think trying to pick a player with a match like how could you? I don't know how you could because I think everyone put a shift in, um, even with the subs. So, um, yeah, great, just a great game, great game. Yeah. Yeah, and there was me thinking that having breakfast with Sue in Valley Calf was going to be the highlight of my day, but it just got better and better after that. Um, Joe, uh, I, I don't know where... I mean, it's, it's one of those games where I guess deep down... There's a little bit of, like, why haven't we done this all season? Frustration is there. But I don't know. At times, you just you, maybe we'll think about that later on in the show. Let's just enjoy the fact that it happened for, for the first little period of it. Yeah, I, I, I'm not going to lie. I enjoyed it last night. That's why I look a little bit haggard this morning. Um, we, had a, we had a fair few people actually in from, from Shrewsbury. Um, so that actually made my life even better because I got to see them looking miserable rather than all of our locals for a change. So... Uh, but you know we were we were clinical, we were sharp, we were all over them. They they really offered very very little, um, and even even jokingly at halftime, I said we can still lose four three. But I didn't for one moment think yesterday that it was going to be anything other than an absolute riot. Um, once we got going, so we were just I saw born Raksaki. I mean, what a class player he is. He just exemplified everything that you sort of need at this level um, as a side, which is someone that could just make the difference. Three for me, three assists for the first three. Uh, th- sorry, two assists for the first two. Goal as well. Um, a young man that really is coming on uh, sort of every single game for us, and it would just be a shame when he goes back to Chelsea in the summer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I'd love that to happen somehow. Uh, right, let's have a listen back to the goals then from Charlton TV. As always, the commentators were Greg Stubbley and Terry Smith. Fraser to take. It's over the wall. Yeah! Oh, it's wonderful. It's absolutely wonderful from Scott Fraser. He just hit it perfectly over the wall. Morosi scrambling across. 
Ross couldn't get there. And after 26 minutes, Joel had the lead. Uh, Scott Fraser celebrates his birthday week with an absolute cracker of a free kick. As you said, Greg, last attempt off a crossbar. When he lined up for this, there was nobody else who's going to take that except Scott Fraser. And he picked out that top corner with absolute perfection. Fraser looks well towards Brett Sackley, referee. Quickly allowing play to continue as Charlton are on the attack. Fraser's down on the floor, but Charlton have it with Raksaki. Inside towards Morgan. Morgan, Abby Morgan for Charlton. Yeah, finish. Yes, he can. Brilliant finish from Morgan. Charlton counter-attacked. Came the way of Raksaki. Found Abby Morgan in space. The ball bounced up nicely. And he had enough power on his shot to beat Barossi. And Charlton 2 0 up. Well, this is something you might not hear me say too often, but one of the prime. Assists there comes from referee Robert Maylick. Fraser taken out by Sadie in the centre circle. With the ball out to Raksaki, he found the Charlton winger in space on the right-hand side. He took his man on and then saw the run of Albie Morgan towards the edge of the penalty area. Lovely set-up by himself and drills it past Morosi for Charlton second. Ball, ball forward, well cut out by Morgan. Here's Raksaki for Charlton. Driving towards the edge of pounds here. Raksaki onto his right foot. Raksaki trying oh, to poke the goal. Brilliant finish, a Charlton at the third. When he picked that ball up, Shrewsbury didn't know what he wanted to do. Gets it onto the right-hand side and a little poke, a clever, clever poke beyond Morosi. And Charlton 3-0 up. And the credit this time should go to Albie Morgan, who lunged in to make sure the ball couldn't uh, couldn't be cleared by Shrewsbury by Flanagan. A little touch into Raksaki. Miles Cleaver makes the run ahead of him, draws defenders away, goes out on his right foot, and then you think he's going nowhere and just pokes his left foot at it. Whether Morosi was caught out, not really expecting it, I'm not sure. But the angle in which he got on the little toe poke with his left foot took it beyond the Shrewsbury keeper and into the back of the side. Sessignon finds Flanagan, continues his run from centre half. Morgan with a sliding challenge. And Thomas is there for Charlton. Ball forward, we find Lieber. One on one against Dunkley. Lieber holding the ball up. Pennington is back there. Lieber will go for goal. And he scores. Of course he scores. The goal of Ryan Charlton again. That was Lieber. There's confidence for you. Ball forward from Thomas. Lieber controls it. Brings it forwards. Morosi was caught out. Lieber had the presence, had the awareness to finish. He gets shoulder fourth. Heads towards the cover end. And I'm sure he's pointing his finger to his dad, said, I'm coming to get you. That 16's in real trouble now. From the moment he picked it up from the ball out, two men round him, had the composure, first to go one way, then the other, and then drill it. I think it went through the legs of Pennington, which left Morosi with no chance. Four in four, boys on fire to his left, all down the line is beautiful Campbell in space in the pound here across to Sessegnon, what's hit Raksaki of all players oh the referee's given a penalty didn't hit Raksaki according to the officials I mean, they're, they're saying that it's hit somebody's arm that's a second hit the arm of Flanagan I thought it hit Raksaki instead Charlton are going to have a penalty and Shrewsbury's day is just going to get worse here it's a red card for Flanagan he burned The day just gets better and better for John. What a calm finish that was. Trevor might still get there, no, Lee, he just gets there and the shot comes in from Henry. Bond, can he finish? Yes. Charlton do out of six. Slightly fortuitously, the shot came in, landed at the feet of McCauley Bond, who turned 
couldn't believe his luck with the space he had. And had no problem slotting it past Morosi for number six. Well, there's a player who's waited a long time to get his goal. Corey Bond hasn't had a lot of joy since he came back to the valley. But that will mean a lot to him. A little fist pump. And as you say, tell the way it came his way. Henry just getting there first with the goal. Bond controls in acres of space, just has to finish and does so. And I'm delighted for him. Well, there we go. A cracking day at the Valley. Excellent commentary, as always, from the boys. So, uh, cheers for that. <laughs> it's just remarkable how much how much I enjoyed that yesterday, Sue. Um, because, like you say, in, in, in the morning, no one really saw that coming. That We've had a bit of a naff time of it at home recently. That was our first home win in five or six, six games. Our first one since mid-January. It's a long time since we won at home. It's a long time since we kept a clean sheet at home as well. All of these things are the reason we are mid-table. But in order to get into mid-table, you have to win some games. So, yeah, enjoy it while it lasts. Um, The quality of the goals in the first half and even in the second half, like the, the, the first three in particular, though, all three of them were excellent. You know, Scott Fraser's free kick was fantastic. You know, again, every time I say something about yesterday's game, I think, why don't we do this more often? Why doesn't Scott Fraser... You know, pitching with a few more goals. He's up to seven now, which isn't that bad for a midfielder. I'd like to see him hit double figures this season and, and, and next. Um, that was an excellent goal. Abby Morgan's goal was brilliantly worked and an excellent advantage from the referee. And I mean, Jezrak Saki's goal was one of the best goals in terms of an individual goal I've seen in League One for as long as I can remember. It's just the quality that we showed yesterday is the thing that has been missing at times. But at least we have got it in us sometimes, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I've, I, like Joe said about Jez, like just the confidence of a young man to score from there, like you, it's just we, you just stand up and you just like you know what, well, wow, like to have that level of confidence to do that one. I think obviously, like with with uh, Frank, Scott's free kick. Oh, you fancy him to take it from there. I know, like last, I think last week was it Sean Clare that was on free kicks and didn't really work. I don't know whether Sean coming off kind of helped um, the situation just in terms of how we were playing because I'm I'm so impressed with Cess. Um, I think he's fantastic. Um, and yeah, again, like lovely to see Albie score because. Uh, we was talking about it after the game, and like he does, he gets he gets quite a bit of stick. And I think we were sort of saying maybe years ago you would have been a lad that would have been loaned out to a League Two team, like non-league, got a bit of confidence together. But he was he was chucked in. He did show that level of ability, but the inconsistency is there. But just you can see in his face the relief to score and just have like such a good game for him was amazing and even like you mm. say Miles's fault like the fourth goal Miles's goal like what was the keeper doing but again the confidence of a young lad to shoot and score from there is you can see where Dean's like instilling that confidence in these boys you know what just have a crack have a go like it if it if it doesn't go in, it doesn't go in. But at least you've had a go, and it, I think that's showing. And it's particularly because we have got such a young side at the moment, and they just seem like they've just they're playing for fun. They're not. They haven't got that that weight on their shoulders, and I think that was really showing yesterday. 
Yeah, I mean that that lack of pressure obviously comes from the fact that we are playing for nothing, and and, and that we sort of got ourselves into this situation, and they obviously played into our hands a, a little bit yesterday. I mean, Sue mentioned Albie Morgan. Um, all hell let loose said uh, is Al- Albie's playing for a new contract and making a very good job of it. Um, it's what three or four starts in a row now from Albie. Um, we'll, we'll hear what Dean Holden has to say on Albie in a few moments' time because I did ask him the question about you know the fact his contract's coming up, but. We, we need to see it more often. And again, we probably say that about pretty much every member of our squad, which is why we're in, in League One and why Dean will have a lot of difficult decisions to make in the summer in terms of who of the current lot he'd like to keep. And I'd say maybe when we started having this conversation a month ago, Albie was very much one people were wavering on. I mean, has anything changed in the last few weeks for you, Joe? Has he done it consistently enough over the last few weeks? Is, it, is there still something for him to prove? I think there's something for him to prove that he can be part, regularly part of a promotion challenging team. Uh, he, both him and Fraser, have the tendency to fade in and out of games. And for me, when Henry came on, what what I felt was that I was I was watching in Henry what I was expecting to watch in Morgan. Um, and so I think that you know his distribution is good, but he just probably just tries far too hard. Needs to just get back to identifying what is the game that he wants to play, the style he wants to play, and and really honing in on it and sort of creating a role for himself in the side where you can't drop him. Because his range of passing is really, really good. He's working much, much harder off the ball than he did when he first came through. But there's there's still those moments where it's just not quite there at this level. So, yeah, I think you think any squad needs you need players like Morgan who you know are just going to give absolutely everything for the shirt and you can't fault his desire you can't fault how much he wants it uh but you can fault his application at times and and for every good spell he's had he's had one or two bad spells so he just needs to get that that consistency in his game and really find a hole for himself where he doesn't go disappearing in games and then then he'll be coming through but it's good to see him getting goals because he should be scoring goals. He's got the ability to score goals. Um, mm. And it's good to see him mixing it in a little bit with Dobbo because Dobbo is isolated otherwise on his own, trying to trying to fend every, everyone off. But I, th- I, I think midfield, although we've got a lot of bodies there, I think we've got a lot of bodies who do exactly the same thing. We need more difference makers in that area that are going to really take the game by the scruff of the neck week in, week out and drag us through this league. Um, over the course of 46 games. Not quite sure Morgan or Fraser, to be fair, are those are those players at the minute. Yeah, morning to uh, Andy Miller. It's 5am where, where he lives. So I hope, I hope you're all right. And uh, Mono said he was out in uh, Turkey for the game. What a great one to miss. Yeah, bad uh, bad luck on that one. Um, I, the, the, the handball for the penalty. I mean, so we, we've spoken about Miles' first goal, which was superb. Dan Raunch says, was the handball a questionable one? Now, I've, I've watched it back from a few angles. We've got a cameraman at the Valley who sometimes sends me different angles that I can look at. And in, in real time, the ball looks like it comes off Jez and goes away. But I've slowed it right down. And you can see a portion where the ball goes beyond Jez and hits the world's unluckiest man, Tom Flanagan. Um, but he does handball it. So I think actually, even though in, in real time, it was a remarkable spot by the referee, Bobby Madley, a Premier League level referee, but even that doesn't normally mean you're any good. But he, um, it, was, it was a great spot from him. Um, obviously, we can talk about how Tom Flanagan, who got sent off yesterday, is the most unlucky player in the world when it comes to facing Charlton. So that's the eighth time he's played Charlton in his career. 
Uh, he's not won any of those eight. Uh, that's the second time he's been sent off at the Valley. Once was for Sunderland, once was obviously yesterday. Um, obviously, he gave away the free kick that led to the goal. He gave away the penalty yesterday. Um, he got headbutted by Jaden Stockley last season. Remember when we were allowed to pretend it wasn't a headbutt, but it, it probably was a bit of a headbutt, and he, and he uh, bled quite a bit from that. And to top it off, he was, of course, the man that deflected in Bauer 90 plus four on the goal line at Wembley. So he must hate playing us. Uh, but he gave away a penalty, and, <laughs> and that was the fifth. Um, we haven't had too many penalties this season. So we, we did say a few weeks ago, I wonder who would take him. Obviously, Miles was the man on the spot. But his his season, and we, we spoke about it pretty much every week, has been remarkable. But it, it sort of summed it up for me quite nicely yesterday. When I bumped, I bumped into Tracy before the game, and I was just saying, like, oh, Miles is having such a great season, isn't he? And, and she said something so great for me. She said, like, at the start of the season, being, you know, a mother, she, she was nervous going into games when Miles was playing. But that nerves has gone away for her every week now. It's in anticipation and excitement to see what he can do this week. And I think that shows in his performances as well. I think that same level of confidence has, has grown as the season's gone on for him. And, and he, he's never going to miss that penalty, was he, Sue? No, not in the form that he's in at the moment. Like the, you can just see the confidence he's oozing from him. And to be fair, he probably wouldn't want anyone else to take it. Um we talked about it last week. For a young lad, he he's got such a he feels like he's got he's a bit of an old soul in the, in the fact that he's very calm and chilled and sort of unassuming. Um, he got man of the match again yesterday. Um, it's it's just I think for him the, the frightening thing for me now is like clubs are going to be sniffing and. With with our future uncertain at the minute in terms of ownership and stuff, is it that that is my biggest fear at the minute? I mean, I think Tracy and Carl were very much of the, of the thing that they'll they'll try and keep him grounded and go. You know what, mate? Another season in League One. If if someone was to come in for him, but as we know, it's not always the player's decision um, as to whether they get sold or not. So. That's a big concern for me because I'd, I would hate to see him go to like a big Prem club and a bit like Mason, although he's developing in the 23s for Chelsea, you he, he deserves to be playing in a team's first team with the mm. ability that he's got. So um, it's just, yeah, I, it's, it's, it's a, a mixture of excitement and anxiety with, with Miles. Um, but yeah, just... You, now you're looking at the last, what, we've got five or six games that you're thinking, right, how many more is he going to get? Because um, yeah. you've got that much confidence in him. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I'd love to feel he's on 12 now. He could easily hit 15, which would be, uh, in the first season, that would be an absolutely remarkable turnaround. Consider how long was he out injured for? About two, three months as well? We forget about that. He had a good chunk of the season uh, taken uh, away from him. Um all hell let loose as well was Albie holding the ball prior to the penalty as, as if he was going to take it, only to pass it along to Miles as a deliberate tactic. And that was the same question asked by Cabby uh, on Twitter as well earlier on. And that's exactly what it was. You've seen, like, I, when Liverpool do it, and, and it's James Milner or, or whoever picking up the ball, and, like, they, they always highlight it on the TV. But we've obviously decided to copy that. And it worked because it takes the pressure off, um, it takes the pressure off Miles Lieburn because Albie's the one getting the stick from Morosi, the goalkeeper, and, and the defenders. And uh, yeah, it, it obviously worked um, worked quite quite nicely. I mean, the only Freeman 
uh, said uh, when we're talking about Morgan, said, can we bring better someone better in there? Does it really look like we'll have promotion chasing funding next year? It feels like another penny pinching year is in store for us, unfortunately. And that's similar to a question that Phil asked us on Twitter during the week. He said, um, we're speculating how much our new owner's personal wealth might be, but how much would it actually cost to get the squad promoted? You know, contracts and all that can be debated to, de- uh, to death. But he says, I- I'd start off with something like three million pounds. I mean, it's hard to put an exact figure on it because if you recruit wisely, then you can do it cheaper. But yeah, the way we have these conversations about is he going to be good enough to be part of a promotion winning squad, Joe? I-, I think if we didn't speak like that I think we'd be letting the club off the hook a little bit if we if we sort of accepted that we probably won't have the budget and just reset our expectations towards that then I think we're probably as a fan base accepting that we're we're just mediocre which is what we are but as a Charlton fan I I expect a lot more than that yeah uh and and we should expect more than that uh to be fair Um, and we're not you know, there's, there's large chunks of the ground that are not playing middle of League One prices for their season tickets. So um, if you're going to charge 30 quid a game for a season ticket, then you've got to be chasing chasing the, the top six. Um, if if you didn't think that, if you didn't think you were going to go go somewhere or you didn't think you were in a league where, um, you know, it'd be a battle to step up and you, you want to go and watch that and, and cheer your team to, to get there, then what is the point in going to, to 23 home games a season or if you if you're mad enough 46 games across a year uh because it, it's the hope it's the hope that gets you there it's it's that sort of thrill that bug that, that keeps you going um if you just want to watch middle of the road league one football in the middle of the table then you're not going to command you're not going to command a premium for the seats either so we if we don't have the ambition as well then what why, why should the club you know, you, you need mm. to be putting the onus out there that, that we expect this from from the players. The and also players need to think that they're going to go somewhere when they're coming in. You know, who's signing up and going? Oh yeah, I'm going to sign a three year contract to just battle around in the middle of League One and go absolutely nowhere. If you're a quality player, you, there's plenty of mm. you know workman like guys who might like that for three years because they're getting some money. But you know, if you want to watch exciting football, exciting players, then then you need to have a club with ambition that comes from the owner it also comes from the fans and it definitely has to come from the band staff too yeah it certainly does uh right loads of comments coming in keep them coming in paul said being a half a glass empty sort of fella i tell myself that the shrews didn't have much to play for but perhaps i'm just bitter uh, uh that my aging bladder meant i missed a collector's item of a macaulay bond goal as well and uh yeah someone else said uh macaulay bond scoring on only fool's day was uh, was was quite funny as well, and, and Dan said, "Can we talk about Bond denying Henry a goal?" I mean, look, I mean, the the way it worked out, it, it, if anyone needed a goal, is someone who hadn't scored since January last year, and, and Macaulay Bond is obviously the, the perfect game for it to happen. But yeah, please, please for him as well. Um, I mean, there's comments about Ryan Innes coming in. Uh, Luke said, um, "I thought Ryan Innes was quality yesterday. It makes you think twice about letting him go of him when he plays like that." And that that like I say, that's the conundrum we're in now. Is that We've seen some of these players, how they have been over a course of a season. And then we can't think, and then do we think, well, because they've played well in the last three or four games towards the end of the season, do we then keep them? And that's obviously a difficult a difficult situation for Dean to be in. I'd, I'd rather him than me on that one because it's uh, a lot of tough, uh, tough calls have got to be made. Let's hear from him anyway then. So I spoke to him uh, after yesterday's 6-0 thrashing uh, of Shrewsbury Town, asked him for his thoughts on the game. It's, uh, it's the first time that China scored six at home in a league game for nearly 50 years and some achievement. You must be proud of your team's performance this afternoon. 
Yeah, some starting it. Very much so. I mean, I think the first 20, 25 minutes was a little bit scrappy. I think it was it was the game that Shrewsbury wanted to play. It was stop-start. We had the injury to, to Sean Clare. Rolled his ankle early on in a tackle and Cess comes in and uh, performed well in a difficult moment. And then it was Scotty Fraser's uh, master technician free kick, which which livened us up a little bit. It was a wonderful free kick. Stood right behind it and Hazy actually said, Scotty Fraser won, no, he just fancied him. And it, it goes in the top corner. And on the back of that, we then... We then go and get a quick second, so that that sort of 25 minutes to, to half time, I thought we were electric. Um, you know, looking at the opposition, we knew that there was gaps to be had, and credit to Josh, the analyst, and again to Hazy, the work that he put in in terms of opposition. We, we knew you could run off the back of their midfield, Albi. I think we, I think they had a free kick, and we, we we regained it outside our box, and we get up the pitch quickly, which we, we did all afternoon. We looked we looked dangerous on that counter attack all afternoon, and Albi's running gets beyond their midfielder, which is where we we knew the spaces would be. Jez's. It's got the way we've altered to find him and it's a great first touch and a wonderful hit to get that second goal and then obviously to get the third as, as quick as we did before half-time uh, was really important because it, it then takes almost takes the game away from them. We knew, and I know Steve Cottrell really well personally, so I knew what you know how they would come out in the second half. We needed to manage that first 15 minutes. Uh, Dobbo had been told by the referee that he's, he's one foul away from a, a, a red card, so you know, spoke to him half-time, managed that first 15 minutes. And then we can we can bring young Aaron Henry on who thought come on and, and grew into the game, played really well with some of his passing and yeah, we then we then obviously go and get the the fourth and they get the sending off and you know we I think we've ended up with I think eleven shots on target. I think they've had one. So I think it, it, there's no doubt it's the most complete performance since I've come into the job and, and, and the players probably said that it was obviously the most complete performance of the season. So that that's that's a positive. The biggest thing in all this is or the second biggest thing is a clean sheet. And the other thing is that I'm going to call our supporters got to see a, a complete performance because it's been a long time coming. Let's not forget. Let's not forget about that. And we've been good away from home recently and decent at home, but not good enough. So I'm, I'm pleased that the, the, the guys that turn up on a, on a match day at the Valley have, have, have got to see a lot of goals. And yeah, it's been a good afternoon. Yeah, is, is it frustration that I guess it hasn't been seen more often this level of performance because Tottenham have done it three or four times this season, scored a, scored a few goals in, in games. Yeah, I think I said that after the Morecambe game, didn't I? Recently, it is a frustration, and you stood there at five 0 late on thinking. You know, if we could have done this more consistently, where would have been in the league? But at the same time, we are where we are. We know what's gone before. Obviously, I came into the job, and, and obviously we've, we've rectified the dangerous position we were in, and we've, we've regained some ground on Shrewsbury. I think the tenth in the league. So I think it was uh, you look at as good as good as we were with the ball today. From from twenty five minutes on, I thought we were we were excellent with the ball in terms of possession, in terms of creating things. But if you look at the goals, I think Scotty Fraser's free kick, obviously with Miles with the penalty. So two set pieces and then we've had two counter-attack goals and, and two where we've won the ball high up in terms of our aggression and our high press. So for all the possession, we had a nice sort of side-to-side -side and all that. that. That's how we've won the game, really. So, you know, that, that's, that, that's pleasing. Delighted for Miles to get his first brace of the season. I actually said to him yesterday prior to training, are you on for four in four? And he said, no. And I said, why? He said, I want five in four. He genuinely did. And then he went quickly, and oh, no, I want six. So... Uh, I was looking at bringing him off just prior to the penalty. Just obviously he's had his issues with niggles, and I thought he's got his second. Now we can't bring him off on an hat trick, so we bring Macaulay Bon on purely to see if Macaulay can go and get himself that first goal because he's you know, the elephant in the room. He's as a striker, you, you're always wanting that. There's no doubt about that, and he's been brilliant around the place, keeping the boys bubbling. He's been left out of the team. He's reacted in the right way. So as much as anything, I'm delighted for Macaulay to get his first goal. Yeah, speak for him now. I guess for for everyone between now and the end of the season, if he could get a couple more, then that will give you something to think about over the summer. Yeah, I think so. I think I think that's proven. You've seen it time and time again. I think once they get that first, it's, there's no doubt it's a 
it's a release for them mentally and, and he can go and play with some freedom now and, and, and go and see how many he can get. That's he's got to be his target. I think again, young Zach comes on at centre back. His first challenge was that 50 50 with, with Bowman, who's an experienced striker. So it shows you that Zach's up for the for that side of the game as a centre back, which is important. But again, with the ball at his feet, he's, he's one hell of a player. He's a, he's a fantastic technician. So it was good to get the youngsters onto the pitch as well towards the end. Um, again, we can't get carried away, can we? You know, we are where we are and we've got now two good games over over a fantastic. Everybody enjoys Easter weekend football. We go down to Bristol, or down, we go across to Bristol. Uh, good Friday. A tough game for us and then back here against Burton. I think someone just said we've only got one game remaining against teams in the top ten, I think, in Ipswich. So, good opportunity to get some more points and let's see where it, see where we end up. It's a really good finish from, from Albie, very similar to his goal against against Bolton, actually. But um, is he another player who, who needs to find a bit more consistency in, in, in what he does? Yeah, I think so. I mean, me and Albie get on great. I mean, we have a lot of conversations. I love him to bits. I think as a personality, he's uh, he's a type of guy I can relate to. He's a winner. He cares. He wears his heart on his sleeve. Um, at times, that can get the better of him, but that's just part of who he is as a footballer. And, and in fairness to him, I think you know he's, he's been a bit stop-start. Um, I had a good conversation with him. Just, I think that's his, that's his third start on the spin. I think now third or fourth. I think he's third. And I said to him, he, you know, he had this feeling every time the team got beat or we didn't play so great, he was the first one out. And I think that's happened, uh, you know, prior to me coming into the job with previous managers. And I think he probably needed that little bit of a run. I think every player, or certain players have certain personalities, you know, he's trying to have the best game he can possibly have in 60 minutes, knowing he might get took off. And that can sometimes take away from your performance for the team. So we had a good chat, as I say, prior to this run in the team. And I think he's shown with the last three performances what a, what a good player he is. He, he's a fantastic passer of the ball. He can clearly score goals. Um, defensively, he'll have a goal as well. He'll get stuck in and he'll compete. And um, no, I think he's listen. He's out of contract. I mean, some is another player that we've obviously got to have a conversation with. But he's, I think he played well today. Did you start to have those conversations already, or is it still something they've still got time to sort of prove themselves between now? And yeah, the I think season? so. I mean, it's. I think either way, whether you've made a decision on a player or not at this stage of the season, you've got to be a bit careful because there's still some games to play. Um, of course, you know I've got an idea of the squad that I want for next season in terms of the numbers. And also the personnel, both internally and, and also bringing some players in, obviously from outside the club. So decisions are still to be made on on all the squad. Um, but while the lads are performing like that, they, that, that can only be good for them. Uh, just some injury updates, as we always have, just to finish off. Um, the likes of Todd Kane, who we haven't heard from for a while. I know he was a few, he was a few weeks away a few weeks ago. Um, Manny as well, who, who was involved in the squad, and then we've just seen him out warming up a couple of times. And obviously, Sean has gone off today. So Sean's rolled his ankle in a tackle, so again we'll see, he had a bag of ice on at half-time, let's see how, how much that may or may not swell up and whether we need a bit of time uh, to get that right, we'll have to see. Um, Todd Kane is progressing in the right way, he's trained with the team in the last three, four days, uh, two, you know, he's been out for ten weeks I think, so today was too early for him, there's a game on Tuesday night against Welling, uh, under-21s game, which you know, is going to be a proper game in terms of a crowd, in terms of maybe what you don't get against an under, normal under-21 so that'll be a good game for Toddy to play in amongst a couple of others that need minutes um, it's good timing actually for that game because it will be a good game to set them up and uh, Manuel Egboyes he came in on the bench and then we, we, we left him out to, to, to utilise Cess on there because we think Cess can play a couple of positions and um, last weekend's game he, he sort of felt something on the Friday so he wasn't in the squad but that's fine he's trained all week and um, yeah he, again today Ryan went into the game with a some very, very slight minor knock came out of training yesterday. Ryan declared himself fit this morning. I thought it was excellent, by the way, today. I think it was a big part of that clean sheet with his with his save on the line or whatever happened. I don't quite remember when Matty Pennington came off for them. And um, 
you know, strength around for that. And uh, yeah, we just felt we needed an extra defender on the bench, so we went with young Zach and and obviously Cess. It was proved right in terms of we needed Cess for Sean's injury, uh, which meant we we obviously lost a midfield as well. Now, so Gav Kilkenny missed out unfortunately today, as did Matty Penny. So it's not an easy thing to juggle, if I'm honest with you. It's you know, there's three good lads there, good players that have been left out of the match day squad. But they all know they'll be involved. It's happened, as I said there. It's happened with. Alvy Morgan was, was out for a period of time, all of a sudden he's training well, he comes back into the squad and proves himself. So and that's what the boys have got to keep doing. There's a good spirit, there's a really good spirit. Um, and we've just got to make sure that we take that into the next game. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free. Or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Cullen trying to take his man on. Chip ball back across. Bowers there. Pierces there. Bowers with a header. And it's John. Yes! Yes! Oh, it's gone. Oh, Patrick Barr. The absolute German beauty. Woo! Dreamland! Sean have scored! With seconds remaining! We've done it all! Get in! Come on! What a time to be here! Here Oh my word! Oh my word! Charlton Live. Right, welcome back to Charlton Live. I hope you guys are enjoying the show. Just there we heard from the Addicts boss, uh, Dean Holden, just to mark your cards as well, on Thursday, uh, we are expecting uh, to be having Dean Holden live on the show. So uh, you'll have the ability to uh, to ask questions, etc. In the, in the ticker. As, as long as nothing changes between now and then, we were organising it yesterday. So he'll be live from the, the team hotel uh, down at Bristol. So uh, yeah, make sure you, you join us for that one on Thursday at seven o'clock live on YouTube. We will uh, we'll have the Addicts boss uh, with us, which should be really good. Um, yeah, really pleased uh, with yesterday's performance as well. But as uh, as as Paul said in the uh, in the chat, he he remains very level headed, despite obviously it could easily be an opportunity to get carried away. Um, yeah, as, as someone else was saying about how he you know the, the, he's sort of bringing confidence to the players. Um, over the last few weeks, which I think is fair. Dan saying, I'd like to see um, Mitchell get some more game time now as well. When he came on, he was brilliant, very comfortable on the ball. And yeah, Dean mentioned that in the, um, in the, uh, in the interview there as well. Um, It's been a, it's been a good start for Dean. I don't think you can deny that now overall. We've had bad runs in that time, which you can't forget. And and a couple of bad performances here and there too. But, you know, it's the same probably with every manager we've had, since Sandgard's come in, you know, pretty much all of them have had a good run at one point. Only Garner had a, he had some good performances at the start of the season, but they're never really backed up by results. Um, but for these managers to kick on, we all know what needs to happen. So Dean will be one of a long line of people who hope that this summer is a lot more successful than the last one. And that would involve a change of ownership and a new owner who's going to spend to the extent that we need. 
uh, and, and obviously that's still up in the air at this moment in time. Yeah, it must, it must be really difficult for Dane. I mean, obviously, if he didn't have confidence in what he was able to do, he wouldn't have signed that new three-year deal. But I think, as we know, like promises have been made historically and, and then not followed through on in terms of building building a squad. But then I, I, I know we sometimes harp on about the history, but look at what Chris Powell did with next to no money. Um, it is doable. Um, but it's just about getting the right people. We won't use that phrase again, though, eh? Um, the right sort of personalities <laughs> um, <laughs> to be able to like to really buy into the ethos of the club and, and what it means to wear the Charlton shirt, not just about being a good player, but being a good person. Um, mm. And I think Dean's definitely someone that's got the ability to bring that out of players. Um, I mean, just when you listen to him, you you do, you like, you get sucked in. He's like one of those sorts of personalities that you just think, God, if I played for him, I'd, I'd run through a brick wall for him. He's just that sort of guy. Um, and obviously you want to see that in your players and he's, he's going to know better watching them in training, who's up for that challenge next season and who mm. isn't, but also what sort of people need to be coming in that are not going to be dickheads. They're going to get on with the job. They're going to do what they need to do, but also be humble, good, hardworking people. Mm, um, yeah. And it is that difficult, again, that difficult we're in, that, that sort of grey area of not knowing who's going to own us, who's going to be putting the money in, if there'll be any money. It, it just must be so hard for him, and I've got so much respect for him. Excellent stuff. Right, we've had a couple of emails as well. Sophie uh, from uh, out in Michigan in the US says, uh, is it possible after a 6-0 win there's going to be some positivity on the pod this week? I love listening every week and wait in anticipation for every show. The last two months have left me feeling a little bit deflated after listening. Who knew it really did turn into the fixture we were all waiting for? Keep up the good work, boys, especially, and girls, especially if it's uh, in support uh, of the team, yeah, it's, it's no surprise that we've been a little bit deflated uh, over the last few months and that all hell let loose is saying, am I happy with Charlton this weekend or am I still in the glass half-empty camp? And obviously we can't get too high or too low after after one or two results. Um, you know, I'm still nervous about what's going to happen in the future. I enjoyed the fact we won 6-0, you yeah? I enjoyed it as much as anyone else did, but also I'm very realistic about where we are currently, in, uh, which is mid-table in League One and at the lowest point uh, in our history, because this is the longest we've ever spent in League One, so let's not get carried away because we won a couple of games. Uh, another email comes from McSquared, um, said that's it, uh, that's more like it, that we should be doing against teams of Shrewsbury standard if we can have any realistic hopes of challenging for promotion next season. Uh, such a home result was always likely to come against another side with nothing to play for. We also had a decent ref for once. Can we get him every week? Uh, we were miles better than the Shrews on the day. Uh, they were so poor, they even stopped themselves from scoring in the second half. All of our goals were top class. Uh, we could even have had more. Even Bond managed to bag a goal at last, the icing on the cake. Uh, tenth is now well and truly with our, within our sight. Should we stay... Uh, that we're going to aim for ninth. Yeah, well, so we, we, we got within three points to Shrewsbury yesterday, who are in 10th. Uh, so they're on 55. We're on 52. Ninth uh, is Portsmouth on 61. Uh, so that's another nine points to make up in the final seven games. I think we're going to struggle for that. But hey, 10th, 10th is probably the ceiling. 
Um, if we can finish above the mighty Shrewsbury, maybe we could get like an open top bus or something to to take us around the streets of Greenwich and Woolwich and and Cholton and and, and celebrate because that would be, be such an amazing achievement. Right, let's uh, hear from someone else who actually is going to be part of these conversations um, in terms of uh, the summer. I think it was Dan who said in the comments earlier about Terrell Thomas. Uh, he says, uh, yeah, he said, do you reckon if Thomas keeps this up till the end of the season, uh, will he deserve a, a renewed contract? Well, he's been playing out of position over the last few days, hasn't he? So let's uh, let's hear from Terrell after yesterday's game. Um, I spoke to him uh, just to sort of find out how he was feeling after the performance. And I did ask him uh, for his thoughts on his own uh, personal future coming up as well. A busy week for yourself, but ends in a spectacular fashion with a 6-0 win over, over Shrewsbury. It was a, a great game. What did you make of it today? Uh, fantastic performance all round. Um, everyone, the subs that came on, the starting eleven. Also, we had an early change. Sess had to come in for um, for Sean, which obviously it's not easy coming in, in into a game. But he came on the pitch and he's he's fitting fitting like a glove. So um, everyone, everyone was fantastic today. Yeah, is it just one of those days where everything just seemed to click for for, for the side? Yeah, yeah. Just see everything more than less. Everything that we tried worked. Um, yeah, there's not really much that went wrong, really. Uh, everyone's everyone's performance was top class, and the, the 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 goals that we scored were taken greatly. Some good finishes, some team goals, and in, individual goals, just absolutely outstanding. Um, but yeah, happy. Everyone's happy. Yeah, and um, I guess deep down there's a little bit of frustration that we haven't seen this sort of performance from Charlton a little bit more this season. I know you've only sort of come coming halfway through, but. So a bit of frustration. Um, when we've, we've spoke uh, as a team, and it is frustrating to think that we can put in his performances, but we are where we are in the league. So it's a thing where we know what we're capable of, and it's just about the game to the rest and end of the season. Continually, this this energy that we've got about us, um, the quality that we're putting in in the games, and yeah, we'll just see how the end of the season goes. Yeah, obviously you've had to prove your versatility over the last few weeks, filling in a left back. Have you played fun playing out there? I've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed it. Um, um, I, play, I play on the front foot anyway, so uh, it's filled out of. Obviously, we, we, the way the way I play left back, we've sort of tweaked a couple things, so um, it helps me in oh, the ability to get up and down. Obviously, I'm a centre back, not a, not a um, born left back, but I think I've I've come into the to, to the the position really well and I've been really enjoyed it. Yeah, are you one of those who's happy just to be on the field and, and playing it? Any yeah, yeah, really? yeah. If uh, anywhere I can be to help the team, that is, I'll, I'll try my best. And if the manager thinks I can do a job there, then I believe in myself to do a job. And yeah, that's really it, really. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember seeing you having a pop from outside the area too often today. But is it just the way the game was going that you thought you might have a shot as well? Yeah, I know. Yeah, just when I when, when I stepped in, it was a bit, I was a bit off balance anyway to take the shot, but. Um, I'll be having plenty more shots in the future. Mm. How have you found it coming back to the club? Obviously, it's a long time since you left and, you, and you've had a, a very career around there, but how much have you enjoyed being back in SEC? No, I've really enjoyed it. I've really enjoyed it. Obviously, I know it's a place that I've known since I was 14. So, um, yeah, I've really enjoyed it. And I've want, I've, I want, really want to succeed here in the long term, if that's possible. But... Um, yeah, uh, I, was, I was really enjoyed coming back. Yeah, and obviously the long term is something that a lot of players at this stage of the season have to start thinking about. I mean, are you in a position currently where you've, where you've had chats with the manager about my, what might come um, next? Listen, as a, as a squad and, and personally, we're just all thinking about the rest of the game. That stuff will sort itself out um, if or when it happens. Um, 
So, yeah, personally, I'm just concentrating on the playing now. Let's get as many games, as get, be on the pitch as much as possible and keep putting in good performances to allow us to finish as strong as possible. Yeah. Would you like to say, if you, if, if you feel like you do enough between now and the end of the season? Would you, yeah, would most you definitely. This, yeah, most definitely. There we go. That's Terrell Thomas uh, speaking to me yesterday. Um, Davin said, uh, could Thomas be the answer at left-back next season? I mean, it's, it's playing out of position, Joe. Um, I thought, he did, I thought he played very well yesterday. Um, and uh, apart from his shot, which I asked him about, but I like the reason I asked him about it is because I love to see the confidence of a defender coming out and thinking I'm going to have a go here. Um, he didn't quite catch it right, but yeah, again, you know, like three, three or four games, he's done all right now. Um, he, he was off with St. Lucia during the week. I did ask him a bit more about it after after the, the clip ended there, which was, which was interesting as well. He's loving playing for his country, but you know, long term, is is he the answer? You know. It, it's it's very difficult to have this conversation after a six nil win when we have to try and think with our calm head on about whether we should sign all of them again because obviously we're mid table in League One as I have to keep reiterating. Yeah, I mean, I I, I like Thomas, um, which may not be a, a unanimous decision. I don't like him at left back. Um, it, he's a, he's the fact that he can step in there and cover. I think sort of makes him a bit more helpful. Um, but I, I would be saying for me, if we can keep Ness and we can keep Hector, that for me, they would be our two starting centre-backs. I think Innes next to Hector seems to be a, a competent centre-back, uh, which is uh, is nice to see. I think Hector's quite a calming influence for, for Innes and, and sort of helps steady him through the, through the game. Um, so when you've got those kind of sort of characters in the squad and the same with Ness, you know, starting it off, then you are looking for a fourth choice centre-back. Are you going to get a fourth choice centre-back much better than Thomas, who can also, when you're stuck, cover at left-back without spending silly money when there's probably others of the pitch that we need to invest in more? I think that for us, our biggest problem is we've got no left-backs signed in the club for next season. Um, and we've got Egbo who's had his injury troubles. Is he going to be able to do 46 games next season? It feels like potentially not. Um, and then Claire, who I personally don't like at right back. So I think he is, is defensively prone to, to a bit of a howler. Um, so I think that looking across the back four, I'd be saying, well, let's keep Thomas and keep Hector and then not sell Ness. Um, and then focus the investment on the fullbacks, which I think is an area of our game that will improve us. Because if we're stopping those crosses coming into the box, if we're able to use those guys as attacking outlets, then you're, you're not going to be under the same amount of pressure as we have been this season. So that's probably my my view on it. But I don't I don't think he's necessarily starting right at the top of the top of the league. But not every player in the squad can be that player. Hmm. Yeah, and uh, too many of them haven't uh, this season. But again, uh, we'll see. Right, it's time to bring in our guest fan, actually. Uh, this week, we have a guest fan every week on uh, on a Sunday. Davin did, did say that uh, Terrell Thomas has been excellent at left-back for him, which is I think is fair. Uh, let's bring him in. Right, Connor Brennan is this week's uh, guest fan. Connor, thanks for joining us. A fan who goes home and away pretty much uh, every week. Um, how are you this morning, yeah, after, especially good. after yesterday? Yeah, all good after yesterday. Uh, it was a great performance. Um you don't see that very often down the valley. So, uh, yeah, it was a great day all round. Yeah, would you say, so, I mean, just to pick up on the conversation we just had, so Terrell Thomas uh, in particular, I mean, we've spoken a lot about the, the players we've had this season, about whether they, they want to be here next season. I mean, 
what would you base your decision on? Are you, are you, are you going to base your decision on what we've seen from Terrell Thomas in particular in the last few weeks? Are you going to base it on what you've seen this season? What, what's your views on, on someone like Terrell? I mean, he's done, he's done okay since he came in at left-back, but he's not really a left-back. Um, you know, he's, we're very unbalanced there at the moment. I mean, it sort of gives us a weak, a weak point if, from an opposition team to sort of see a centre-half playing out of position. Um, and it gives them a potential to exploit us. But like I said, how many games he's been there, he's done well. Um, I think I like to see him, I like to see a conventional left back play there, if that makes sense. Mm, yeah, Connor, I don't know if you could get, uh, get ever so slightly closer to your to your mic, yeah, to your yeah, laptop, yeah. just because we, we're, str- we're struggling with the, the sound level slightly. But yeah, so uh, one of the reasons I, I, I'd, I'd like I'd like to have you on as our guest fan is, as I say, you go. Uh, every week, you're you're a proper diehard, and and uh, I, I can't see a situation where you're going to stop going at any point. Um, but in, in terms of the 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 scenario that we're in currently, so we're, we're mid table in League One. It's been a bit of a slog again this season, despite obviously days like yesterday making it a bit more enjoyable. Um, how how are you sort of seeing the the future at the moment? Um, how confident are you that the next season will be better than than it, than it has been the last few years? I mean, this season's been one of those up and down seasons. I mean, we all knew from the first game away at Accrington when we went two one up in the ninety fourth minute, and then to concede in the ninety fifth, it sort of give us the sort of set us up for where we are now. Um, but like going forward, I think it's I think it's key of what happens off the pitch in terms of the ownership. Um, whether it all gets sorted out before the start of next season is who knows. Um, but I think it's care, I think it's fair to say that the owner, uh, the manager is going to need money. Um, because you, when you come to the end of the season, we've got a significant amount of players on loan, um, a few that are out of contract. So we're already going into the unknown of how many players we're actually going to have, say, come pre-season. So it's going to be it's going to be a very interesting sort of next two to three months. Um, but no, I mean, if we get the right squad, I think we've got the right manager. Um, ever since he came into the, into the club, he's bought into the philosophy of the club. He's got to got to know the ethos and understands what the history of the club is um and i think he's been quite clever as well because he's used and he's spoken to key uh figures from the club in the past people like keith peacock and alan kirby to sort of get an understanding of what the club is and what it means to various people in particular the supporters um so yeah i mean let's let's get to the end of this season like i said before reassess and then go again say come august time so yeah hmm. Excellent. Right, you had a, a question sent in earlier on in the show, actually. I don't know if you saw it in the comments. It comes from Robert Baker. It says, can you ask your guest speaker, Connor, why does he let Niall do all the hard work with the drama away games and doesn't offer to give him a break? So just to fill in everyone, so Niall's your brother. Yeah. Uh, like I say, you, you, you go to pretty much all, all the home and away games um, yeah. and, and Niall takes the drama as well. So tell us a little bit about it. We always do this with the guest fans. Like, I, I like to learn a little bit more about the people they go with, um, what it is that keeps them coming because like I say, I can't remember the last time I went to an away game and didn't bump into you at some point. So you, you go every week. Um, what is it that sort of keeps you coming back, even when we have been pretty pretty average uh, this season? I think it's just the, it's the people I go with. Um, you know, we all go, we all have a great day, no matter what, where we are in the country, whether it's so far north up in Accrington or so far south as in Plymouth. Um, but it's the people you see on the away days. You know, it's a great family club um, and everyone's there for the same reason. Uh, but like you said, yeah, I mean, Niall is my brother. He's the drummer. Um, and he does get, yeah, he does a lot of hard work. But, yeah, I mean, yeah, really, it's just the people that I go with make make me come back and, yeah. 
Mm, excellent stuff. So um, one of the discussion points that has come out this week is the season ticket situation. So part of the reason that Joe's on specifically this week is because he's made an entire dossier looking into the prices. <laughs> but just, just from your own point of view, I don't, I don't know uh, what was your season ticket price look like. Does it does, has it gone up a bit? You know, was would there have been a price point that would have made you really think about whether you were going to renew this uh, for, for next season, or is that are you one of those that literally that they probably could have put it up to a thousand pounds and you still would have gone? Yeah, no, I keep coming back. You know, um, at the end of the day, like I look at it from a point of view that the money doesn't go to the owner or it goes to the club. And it's it's what keeps the club ticking over throughout the season. You know, it's the money that harvests, say, for example, the transfer budget or, for example, puts things around the club. And I will always come back. It doesn't matter whether it was a £100 increase or £200 increase. At the end of the day, Charlton's a club that I love and I'll keep coming back to it as, as long as I can. So... Yeah, I mean, you know, times are tough. I get that. Um, but at the end of the day, we all find ways of doing stuff. Um, and I'll certainly try and find ways that I can to make sure I keep coming back every other Saturday. Excellent stuff, Connor. Right, sit tight. We're going, we're going to keep you part of the, the general conversation for the rest of it. But now, Joe, I mean, this this is your time to shine, mate. So on when was it the season tickets come out? Friday, wasn't it? The, the, the prices come out. And within about an hour, Joe had made like a 10-point powerpoint presentation for us to tell us tell us his views on on the pricing so i mean joe you you sit east and middle and you you've sat there pretty much your entire charlton supporting history as far as as far as i'm aware so you're one of those who's never going to move your seat but also that means you are now stuck with the 625 pound ticket um tell us your views on 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 the pricing breakdown that so most people have seen a bit of an increase to an extent um, there's obviously some quite big price differentials between where you sit in the stadium. So North Lower is, I think you can get one for about 285, which isn't, isn't that, that bad at all, but you know, it, it's one of the cheaper ones you're going to get, but obviously elsewhere in the stadium is quite a lot. So t- tell us, tell us your findings on, on this, because it, it may seem like you're moaning, but also how the club sort of work out their season ticket prices is important in terms of how many people they'll get in the ground, how much money that will, that will generate. If it's too high for some people, that might put people off. If it's too low in other areas, they, they might not actually be getting as much revenue as they could in that situation as well. Tell, tell, tell us your findings. <clears throat> so, yeah, I mean, cards on the table, I have the most expensive season ticket. So um, for me, pricing is always going to be be that. Um, we got our seats when the East Stand was opened. Um, and we got our seats partly because we were, what dad was doing some work for the club um, at the time. Uh, and so we were a little bit beneficial there in terms of getting that. But there's a lot of people in that block who who will have done, just like in the north, in the west central, those guys um, directly in the front there, they funded the north stand. They, you know, they put money in and 10-year uh, season tickets, and some people bought multiple ones for thousands of pounds in order to get uh, those seats. So uh, there's, there's certain people that are, are sort of beholden by where they are, um, which is is a bit of a challenge. The zoning system drives me insane uh, for a couple of reasons. One, if you're behind the goal um, and you're in the upper tier, it's a premium. So they say that sitting up high is a premium. If you're in the West Stand, sitting in the lower tier is suddenly a premium because of the proximity to the dugout. Um, the, the gap between those is ridiculous. It's 50%. It's a 49% increase to move across an aisle. Now, over the course of the season, that's £200. I can buy a season ticket for myself in Block H in the East Stand 
a season ticket for my niece in my current seat and save myself 140 pounds a year and not move. Th that doesn't make any sense in terms of having that, that situation. Over the course of a season, if you sit below uh, North Lower, by the time you take in the four free games that you get uh, to bring a mate along and a football for a fiver, you get 10 games for free uh, by your uplift in terms of your match day prices versus season ticket pricing. So that's quite a good incentive to buy a season ticket. I get one where I sit. So that why that, that doesn't really make any sense to me because the people who pay the most in terms of season ticket pricing and putting the most into the club on a season ticket basis are getting the least reward for their loyalty and for their money up front. Um, it also discourages people from trading up. So if you've got a 200 pound gap between that and it's 50% to go from North Lower to North Upper as well, why are you going to spend 50% more for your ticket? A hundred quid more, maybe that works. For me, the club need to go back to a much more simplistic view. And, and I'm not even against, against having two zones in the East End because I actually think that having people right at the very first blocks directly behind the lino in the penalty area is an incentive for the club because you want them putting pressure on the linesman at vital decisions for offsides and stuff like that. You want people directly behind the goal putting pressure on the referees in penalty areas. So I understand why you want to put people in those zones. But just go back to pricing based on day tickets because currently the, those two don't go hand in hand. If you say, okay, well, we're going to say £17, £22 or and thirty-one pounds, whatever you want to say, it is I've, I've actually got the numbers worked out. Let me uh, let me just run to those very very quickly. Yeah, so if you um, your match day prices are seventeen pounds for North Lower Family Zone, twenty-four uh, North North Upper and the West End, and then um, thirty-one for the Central um, point in the in the East End, and you gave people six games for free, which is essentially in midweek games when you've got people in and around the uh, the international scene then you would actually have everybody getting the same amount of um, tickets for free. You'd actually be decreasing the jump from being North Lower to North Upper or the first block of the East End, decreasing the jump for the people in the centre as well. And you would find that people would begrudge less spending money. I don't buy shirts. I don't buy food and drink in the ground. I don't spend any of my extra money on the club because I am frustrated at being held hostage £200 just because I've got a group of people who all sit together in one zone and I've sat there, this will be my 30th season ticket. So it's not like I'm not loyal, not like I'm not putting my money where my mouth is. My son had a season ticket when he was minus 22 weeks old. They asked me uh, before they sent it out for the um, uh, proof of his, um, of his birth certificate and I had to send them a scan. Um, so it, it, we just, it, it, it's, it's about rewarding those people who are loyal everyone equally and i think that if you just get to that model then people will begrudge less what the actual price is if there's consistency in how you're doing it and your messaging it's not mm. radical it just takes a little bit of thinking a little bit of commercial acumen which is what we're lacking sorely at the club and we have done this structure has been there since roland just decided to increase it um and by the way uh if anyone from the season uh, ticket office is listening the uh, dugout 
is not in front of the block that you claim it is. So you might want to just check the map again. <laughs> there we go. So Joe, uh, Joe has done the maths on the season ticket. So, I mean, it, it's, it's, there's a lot of detail that goes into that, but it is important because it will base sort of how, how many people buy next, next, next season. And that is, uh, you know, part of what will we'll keep the club sort of going in the long run. Right. Um, a couple more messages, but we'll go a couple of minutes over time just because I want to uh, uh, ask uh, uh, Sue and, and Connor a couple more questions. Um, Ian has put in the chat, um, so Ipswich away will be the test of our players of who can actually carry us forward because Shrewsbury isn't the template. And that's what we need to remember. If you look back at the game against Derby away or Bolton at home, similar sort of setups, and, and we lost those games quite comfortably. So that's why we can't get carried away with a 6-0 against Shrewsbury, isn't it? Yeah, it's always trying to difficult to kind of find that balance in it. Um, I, I think there has been times in our in our past where we've predominantly played better against better sides, um, and again, like we didn't predict what was going to happen yesterday, but it was it was a doable win um, going into it. But I think when you look at um, when you look at a team like Ipswich that have done a lot of rebuilding themselves over the, the, the last couple of seasons, you do think that the team that started yesterday, is that the team that can get three points against Ipswich? I'm not so sure. But use yesterday as a motivation, I would say. Just let them... I think the, the freedom that they played with yesterday is definitely something that we need to take into the remaining games. Um mm. So, yeah, it's such a tough one, isn't it? Because, again, you don't know what Ipswich team's going to turn up on the day. Like, they might be looking mm. at it going, oh, this is going to be an easy three points, and we end up spanking them. So, it's just too unpredictable. Um, I'd like to think we'd get a win, but you know me, rose tinted glasses. Um, realistically, don't know, don't know. Yeah, well, they got a good tuna winner at Ipswich, uh, Derby yesterday at Ipswich as well. Paul Davenport said Katrine would be uh, proud of how the club continues to treat its customers uh, in terms of the season tickets uh, as well. Right, so um, just uh, one more point. So, Connor, so this is a tweet that we've got in uh, just generally about sort of like um, the, the players yesterday. So, players saying a great performance yesterday. Mitchell and Henry shone when they came. It was Albie's best game ever. Uh, not a fair, uh, not a fan, but fair play for fighting for a contract. How can Dino get him to be more consistent? Uh, Miles is the business. Can we keep Miles? So I mean, obviously, whether we keep Miles or not in, in the summer is going to be the interesting point. But I, I want I want to ask you about Albie Connor. Um, so w- when it comes to the clear out in the summer, um, you know, I think all hell let loose earlier on. Sort of pointed out that you know even Powley got rid of the player of the year in terms of Semedo. It was a proper clear out. So. When it comes to this summer, how much of a clear out do we need to have? And players like Albie, and Albie is probably the perfect example because I could ask 10 different fans and get 10 slightly different assessments of whether he's good enough or not. So what what are you expecting to see this summer in terms of a clear out, in terms of the whole squad, and particularly with Albie? Is he one that's done enough for you to be here next season if we are to be serious about making a push for a a promotion, if, if that's going to be the case? Yeah, I mean, I think I look at it from a couple of points of view. I mean, you've got, obviously, we're going to lose all the players we've signed this season on loan, so we know they're going anyway. Um, I think when you look at it from a squad point of view, players, that, for example, that are out of contract, are they going to reassess? Are they going to go, do we want another season of League One football or are we going to try elsewhere? Um, In terms of Albie, 
I think you've got to keep Albie. Um, yeah, all right, he didn't start. He's not had a great start to his Charlton career. He's been inconsistent, I think it's fair to say. Um, but you only improve with a, a good run of a good run of games. Um, and I think under the several managers that he's had, he's sort of been given an opportunity, played well in, say, one out of three games, and then has been sort of dropped, if that makes sense. Um, but I think Dean is sort of now giving him a chance. And I thought he's, he's now taking that chance. Um, I mean, yesterday, I think that's probably one of his best, if not best performances he's had in the Charlton shirt. So, um, and obviously he capped it off with a goal as well. So, yeah, I mean, for next season, I think you keep him. I'm not sure if he's a guaranteed starter every week, um, but I think he's a good player to have around the squad. So, yeah, no, for me, I'd keep him for next season. Excellent stuff. Well, that's uh, that solves the debate because, as I say, Connor goes every week, so you know no one knows the uh, the side better than than him. So there we go, Dean Holden, get get that pen out for for Albie Morgan. Right, we've uh, we've come to the end of the show. I've got one more video we're going to play right at the very end, but I'm going to say thank you to everyone who's tuned in. Um, a massive thank you, Connor. It's uh, it's great to have you on. Like I say, you're uh, always a good bloke to to bump into on away day. So I'm really pleased you said yes when I asked. So uh, yeah, yeah, thanks no, for coming on. No, no problem. Absolute pleasure to, to have Connor on uh, the show with us. Uh, Sue and, and Joe, thanks very much. Joe, in particular, for getting the spreadsheets out. And, you know, you know, I'm a big fan of that. Uh, good to see you both. Yeah, sorry for the rant, guys. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, yeah. Al. It's a great yeah. show again. Always a pleasure to have you both on uh, as well. So I'm Louis Mendes. Thanks very much for listening. As I said, don't forget, on Thursday, we're hoping to have Dean Holden live on the show. So uh, keep an eye out on uh, on social media. And uh, we will uh, we will give you all the details. But it'll be a chance for some of you guys to ask uh, questions to Dean Holden. So really looking forward uh, to that. So finally, as I said, this is the end of the show. But I just wanted to share this video. Uh, as you know, on uh, yesterday was Red, White, and Black Day. Uh, on, we we covered that on Thursday. But we got sent a, a video message uh, from uh, Doreen Lawrence thanking us and the club for the hard work that they do. Uh, in the community. So I thought I'd just show you, uh, share you that with you as we end the show. So thanks to everyone uh, who's listening. Uh, we'll see you again on Thursday. Hello Charlton Live. I'm Baroness Doreen Lawrence. I'm delighted to be here with you today to talk about the important work happening between the Stephen Lawrence Day Foundation and our friends and partners at, Ch at Charlton Athletic. Many of you will know that my son Stephen was killed in, a, in an unprovoked racist attack in Eltham, not far from here. And Charlton Athletic, the club that is also significant in this community, was located in the same area. This gives the club a special significance to me and my family. I am incredibly proud of the work the club has done over the years to honour Stephen's memory and, pr and promote diversity, inclusion and equity through initiatives like the Red white, black match days. The Stephen Lawrence Day Foundation exists to inspire the more equitable, inclusive society and, and to foster opportunity for marginalised young people in the UK. We are reliant on the support of, of partners like Charlton and Charlton Alive to help us keep this work in classrooms, community and careers going. It is so important that we continue this work to challenge discrimination and promote equity in football and all aspects of our society. As we face ongoing challenges, it is vital that we come together to support each other and create a better future for all. Thank you for having me on the show and I look forward to continue to support the important work of Charlton Live, Charlton Athletic, the Red, White and Black Day initiative and the Care Partnership.
Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.